host, Gina Burke. Today on the show, we have Doug Adams. By day, Doug is Red River's Director of Sales Operations, but by night, he's learning about pollinators for the Earth Rangers. The Earth Rangers is Red River's environment and sustainability team that formed once we launched our community engagement program, Inspired, in October of 2022. This team has been educating Red River employees monthly on things they can do in their home to be more sustainable. We believe that we can all do our part to help with climate change. We are so excited to be expanding the podcast to this topic and hope you enjoy this episode. So with that, Doug, welcome to the show. Hey, Doug, welcome to the Red River Cares podcast. Hi, Gina. So happy to be here. This is very (laughs) cool. This is a treat. I am super psyched. All right, if you can start by telling us about your role here at Red River and how long have you been here, I think that would be a great place to start. Sure. Um, I'm Director of Sales Operations. I started in uh, 1999, so whatever the math is on that, it's 20-something years. Um, I, and my, I, work out, I live in New Hampshire and work out of the Claremont office. Very cool. So you're on today to talk about Pollinator Month because Red River has our new inspired community engagement program where we're focusing on our people and culture, ethics and governance, philanthropy and volunteerism, and then environment and sustainability. So my understanding is you're part of the environment and sustainability team. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the Earth Rangers and how you got involved with that team? Sure. Yeah, the, um, I was really uh, excited to see the, the concept behind the inspired and the different pillars, and I immediately migrated to, there was a few that I was like, all right, I can jump, jump into each one of these, but um, knowing that I needed to focus a little bit, the sustainability one really jumped out for me, and um, so I signed up for that. Um, We've got some very clever people on there. Amy Beth Main is our, uh, our, our guru leader. And um, we've got a cool, uh, at, rebranded ourselves as Earth Rangers, uh, which cool name, join the Earth Rangers. And then we also um, came up with a cool uh, poem. I think we even got a fight song. We got all, all kinds of cool stuff going on. But one of the first things that um, we talked about was, all right, how do we actually engage people? How do we actually turn this into something that is not just getting together for, you know, 30 minutes every other week or once a month or whatever and talking about stuff, but how do we actually um, make this impactful? And we came up with this concept of aligning uh, each month uh, in 2022 uh, pardon me, 2023, aligning it with a, a global conservation effort or sustainability effort that's happening in the, the broader world, either regionally or nationally or globally. And some of the, some of the things that we're doing each month are global global initiatives. And so each everyone on the team, each Earth Ranger, got assigned a month. And so my month was, and I think, and I'm, I'm not going to take credit for this, but it was definitely something that was top of mind for me was no mo may and so no mo may is um uh you know it's relevant around here because that's when you start in claremont new hampshire that's when you start mowing the lawn and so i thought that would be a good place to start for me and how i could help out how how i could help the earth rangers 
Yeah, I love it. The Earth Rangers are inspirational, um, I would say, because when we assembled the pillar teams, we weren't exactly sure how we were going to use them and leverage them. Mm -hmm. We really believed in the idea of community and getting more voice voices in from Red River into the conversations and to mm -hmm. all, you know, we're almost like that concept of like, we're better together, right? Like yep. the more ideas we have, the more people, the more diversity, just you do better. You can come up with new ideas, new initiatives. Um, and you, your team, like immediately, like was just like, we're the earth Rangers and we have a poem and like, we have a fight song and we're incredible. And rolled out started rolling out months and you've been on our using our internet to like share information and again like you know i think red river we're struggling with how much can we do from a business standpoint on the environment side due to the structure of our business right where we don't manufacture anything we rent some of our office spaces you know there's some things we can do but we're not really sure how far we can go on the environment side but we really felt like, well, we can educate our people. And if our people each do a little something more at home or do better, like the idea of just compounding together, we're gonna make a little bit of a difference. And I think that's sort of the approach that Earth Rangers are taking. And I've learned so much like month to month, whether it's like just rethinking like the type of laundry soap I'm buying or how I can save water at my house or make my you know home a little bit more energy efficient you're sharing tips that's like, yeah, we all should be thinking about this stuff, but I'm not, and you're forcing me to, and I really appreciate it. So I just wanted to say, like, thanks to the team. Salute the Earth Rangers. I don't know what your <laughs> signal is, but I want to get in the club. I don't think we have a signal. <laughs> we got to work on that, I guess. We really do. <laughs> handshake, special handshake. <laughs> there you go. Um, so you kind of mentioned it, but give us, like, by definition. So no mow May. Is it as simple as it sounds? We're just not mowing our lawn for the month of May? Tell me what this is about. Yeah, so uh, no mow May was uh, based on my research. And actually, so I should throw in this uh, caveat. Uh, I am a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a sales guy. I'm not an entomologist, an ornithologist. I'm not I'm anything ogist. I am just a sales guy that happens to be a, a weekend warrior, uh, gardener and manual labor for my wife's designs in our yard. We're, very for, we're, fortunate, we're fortunate to have a yard. So Nomo May is, it actually started, in, I think it was in 2020, by a United uh, UK, United Kingdom uh, conservation charity, and it was focused on biodiversity. So it wasn't really even focused on pollinators, it was about um, making sure that there was more uh, biodiversity, more plant life, uh, making sure that people were thinking about how they were treating the, their green space, whether it was a yard or you know an expansive space around the home or you know smaller spaces and apartment dwellers, that kind of thing, where they can have an impact too. So it was basically that is what No Mo May was, and I. I don't know exactly how Nomo May expanded to what it is today, um, and I don't even remember how exactly I heard about it. My suspicion is that uh, social media is in, invariably par part of that, but the, the cleverness of Nomo May is, is definitely a factor. And as I was kind of exploring Nomo May, I could not get away from the, the concept uh, or not the concept, but the the notion that no mo may is kind of a it's a good start, 
around um, the idea of thinking about your green space, but there's definitely a lot more to that, to the biodiversity, and also when you're talking about growing things and flowering shrubs and plants and wildflowers and that kind of thing, you immediately start talking about pollinators. So my conversations quickly led me to this uh, evolution of Nomo May and really thinking about it from a pollinator perspective. So that, that was when you and I first started talking about this. I've gone back and forth on this a couple times, the rebranding of Nomo May to Pollinator Month or Nomo May Pollinator Month, just as a way of emphasizing like biodiversity and also thinking about things that you can do in your yard to help pollinators, which is where which is where I have landed and a lot of the research that I've been doing and a lot of things that I've been learning in, in preparation for the, for May. I just talked way too much there. <laughs> no, it was good. Um, I mean, for just being a weekend warrior, you seem to definitely know your stuff. So the idea of no mow May, though, like, tell me, I don't get it. So you're just not mowing your lawn. So how does that Right, help? right. Yeah. So, um, well, so it depends on where you live, right? What region where you live. A, a desert, uh, extreme examples, Arizona climate is going to be very different than New Hampshire, New England climate. So May means something different people living in New England versus Arizona. But generally speaking, when you, it, the idea is if you don't mow your lawn, then you allow things to grow. And you allow them to seed and fruit and you increase the diversity um, of those plants in your, in your lawn, in theory, so that um, one, you, a wider, wider diversity of plants, but also you're giving um, things like insects, pollinators more habitat and a, a better habitat for them to live. So the, the, the quick downside from, from my homeowner perspective is if you're not all about like having a shaggy lawn for the entire month of May and, uh, and honestly it's a little bit of a problem uh, particularly in the New England area because uh, we have lots of ticks. And if you don't mow your lawn, it can be a significant contributing factor to having more and more ticks. And having lots of ticks in your yard is, is not good. So if no mow may is the only thing that you can do from a, or, or that you're really uh, able to do, it's a great thing to do. It's just um, you have to be prepared for the consequences of having a longer lawn and seeing some things that maybe you haven't seen before. Because when you do let it grow, there's things that survive that have different growing um, uh, germination periods so that you're going to see some plants that you may otherwise wouldn't have seen. In other words, if you're mowing it short uh, once a week, there's plants that do well in that scenario and then there's other plants that you'll never see. So again, that's the, the theory behind no mow may. That Did that sense. answer your question? <clears throat> Yeah, no, it definitely made sense. And I know what you mean. Like, there are some plush on my lawn that are already looking a little bit long, and I'm like, whew, May's a long month. We're not even there yet. Like, that would get a little out of hand. Um, so what's, like, option B, right? So you said, well, we yep. can do other things to, like, help the pollinators. So start with, like, what are pollinators, and then what else can you do if you're like, eh, I can't deal with the tick sitch, but this would be another way to help pollinator month. Yep. So pollinators are um, insects like bees, butterflies, beetles, 
Um, anything that's going to crawl up into the plant and transfer pollen from the male part of the plant to the female part of the plant, germinating and causing that the, the plant to to create fruit. And the, the fruit part is the the outcome that, uh, from a crop perspective, that's that's one of the reasons why pollination and pollinators are um, a lot of people care about that right now because of of the impact to crops. So, um, pollinators are uh, insects, birds, hummingbirds, um, mammals like bats. Uh, small small rodents can be pollinators, and so those are all things that. Um, you know they're living in in and around your your space right now, and they're um, some of them you like to have around, and some of them you don't, right? Like ants in your house, not good, but they could be a pollinator. Butterflies and and honeybees, those are those are wonderful to have, and it's great seeing them flying around. Um, and there's things that you can do um, in your green space, whether you're an apartment dweller or you have a home and a yard, that are pretty simple, and you don't have to like you know, kill your kill yourself physically or financially to like um, make a lot of changes. Things like no mome, that's the easy one, right? Uh, you can plant flowering shrubs or trees. So identify a section of your yard um, or your patio where you're going to um, find plants or shrubs in your region that you that you go to your local gardener nursery and like hey what's going to do well in this area and what's what do pollinators like and there's a lot of information like you just need to go to your local gardener uh, gardeners garden center or nursery or you happen to know someone who keeps bees pardon me something like that then they'll, they're going to have all kinds of information for you but there's all kinds of beautiful plants that you can uh, flowering shrubs plants trees that you can convert your lawn or other space in your yard and, and turn it into awesome, awesome habitat for pollinators. Not only that, but you're probably going to be conserving water. You're definitely going to be conserving your own time because, um, you know, mowing lawn and landscaping, that takes a lot of time and effort. Uh, and you're also going to, um, you're also going to be uh, Kind of improving your overall enjoyment of your yard because you're enjoying the beauty of you know these flowering plants and rather than busting your butt all day trying to keep the lawn mowed and and all the things that go along with that oh yeah we've got enough to do um but why should we care about this like why are pollinators such a big deal so uh there's a lot of people <laughs> that really a lot of uh, organizations that really care about pollinators and for good reason. So um, the National Park Service, USDA, uh, all kinds of major uh, scientific organizations, when pollinators go away they impact uh, food crops and food crops are uh, approximately 10 to 20 billion dollars a year in, uh, in our economy and also the food that we eat. So one out of every three bites of food that you put in your mouth is connected to a pollinator, a pollinator doing its job. So without pollinators, um, not to be overly dramatic about it, but we, we starve. And uh, unfortunately, we're starting to see that already. Not, um, we're starting to see major issues with pollinators in that 
honeybees and, and bees, which are probably the predominant uh, pollinator for most of our food crops, um, they're dying. They're, they're close to extinction. So there's people that are connected to uh, the food crop industry and uh, organizations, the major organizations like USDA, National Park Service, etc., that are very, very concerned about this because, because it is directly connected to our, the global food supply, our national food supply, and actually making sure that we have good, healthy food to eat. Why do you think this is important for businesses to pay attention to and to start thinking about and to start um, you know, getting a group of employees together to sort of help with these climate troubles and pollinator problems that like we're having you know, in the world today? Well, it's, uh, there's a direct like, linear connection between the pollinator health and the health of our ecosystem clean air, stable soils, uh, good food to eat, and all of those things are directly connected to us as employees, right? Uh, the the right. world that we live in and uh, us being able to get good fresh food at local stores and farmers markets, um, being able to live, uh, breathe clean, fresh air. I mean, these are things that are, again, it sounds a little bit hyperbolic or, or overly dramatic to say, but it's it's a real thing that these these um, creatures, these pollinators, and how they're connected to the food that we eat and our overall ecosystem, the habitats that they live in are the habitats that we live in. Um, these things directly impact our lives, our lives, our quality of lives, and it's and it's not just people that live in the suburbs or rural communities. It's there's a connection to um, urban environments as well. So the fragmentation of habitat for um, pollinators is critical. And if you think about like population centers, like cities, and not even major cities, but major, you know, denser population centers, most of these cities pop up without, with very little concern or regard for the migratory paths or the habitat, uh, continuous or contiguous habitat for pollinators. And you know, that's on the list of things that developers and uh, people who are spending a lot of money to live somewhere, that's way down the list. But the reality is these urban centers, people that live in cities are a part of that um, that connection to the pollinator and the, particularly the ones that are migrating, in the overall uh, uh, health and habitat that they need, that pollinators need to be uh, to survive. So you can do things in in the city if you live in a more urban environment. You can do things either directly or indirectly that help pollinators. And as you might imagine, there's there's lots of cities that are really paying paying attention to that. There's organizations like. Uh, next city, next city, where they are um, working with stakeholders, uh, planning, com planning uh, communities, people that are you know responsible for the development of cities and towns, and saying, hey, you need to think about the plants that you're putting into your stormwater runoff, into your rooftop, uh, you know, in, what are you doing on rooftops, things like that, where rather than just putting um, 
not beneficial species of plants uh, into, into their plantings or how they're doing their landscaping, but maybe they can incorporate things that are beneficial to pollinators. And all of, all of these things are starting to happen largely due to the fact, again, that there are some major players in, in the United States and in the world where like, holy crap, we need to pay attention to pollinators and make sure that we're um, supporting, uh, supporting these, these animals and insects. Right. Awesome. Are you ready for a rapid fire round? I'll do my best. <laughs> okay, so the rules are simple. I'm going to ask you a question. You can only give me a one word answer and you can't justify oh your answer. So this okay. is just like quick, quick. All right. So as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Garbage man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have a follow up after. <laughs> Favorite place you've ever traveled? Uh, Puerto Rico has been pretty hard to beat. Best meal of the day? Dinner. Oh. Would you recommend chat GPT for gardening <laughs> advice? <laughs> uh. Chat GPT, uh, yeah, I was wondering if you're going to work that in there somewhere. Uh, uh, Chat GPT, sure. I mean, it's going to take over every aspect of our lives and world. So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Use it for your gardening advice. You might want to. You might want to uh, double check the uh, the veracity of the information that you're getting from Chat GPT, but it'll probably get you headed down the right right path on some. Some You're cheating. This is a one-word yes. answer, Doug. Sorry, yes. Yes, I would recommend, yes, ChatGPT, go for it. All right. You have all the money in the world, but you have to give it to a charity or a cause. Who are you donating to? I, I would give it to an organization. I don't know a specific organization, but I, I would give it to an organization that was that is going to help with... Um, education for um, at-risk children. I would, I would find a way of focusing every, every dollar that I could to a charity that is educating kids that don't have everything going well for them in the world. All right, so this one you can go a little bit further. So why is that something that you care about or is important to you? Um, I'll give you the boring, the boring scientific <laughs> answer. Uh, an educated populace makes better, better citizens and a better communities. So, um, you know, little human beings, kids that are given an opportunity to learn and, and be inspired by a book or um, figuring out that they really like math or they really like science or something like that, you know, you never know what that person could be or will be and um, all they need is a chance all they need is that opportunity and they could be the next great leader leader they could be the parent of the next great leader and uh, if, if you think about purely from an investment perspective like where where would you where could you put a dollar and get a better return on that investment than in the education of, of some little kid that is gonna go on to be a great person and, and impact people and do good things in the world. Yeah, 
Love that, Doug. Is there any last parting words you want to share with us about Pollinator Month or why you want to rebrand No Mo May? I would say that my last words are just, it's actually so easy and fun and cool to go do something like as simple as, uh, again, for our apartment dwellers out there, go get yourself a, a nice clay pot and figure out a thing that you want to plant and go put it on your patio. For people that, maybe homeowners that have a yard, look at your yard and say, you know what, um, I'm gonna carve out this part of the part of the lawn or part of the, you know, I never liked dealing with this. Maybe you got a steep slope and go plant some wildflowers. Beautiful, beautiful wildflowers that are be, will be nice to look at and it's also great for pollinators and then you don't have to mow it and this solves so many problems. And it's really not that much effort to do it. So right. I would say go do it. This is actually something that it's a win-win-win for everybody. Yeah, love it. Well, thanks, Doug. This has been so much fun. I loved having you on, and I love that you're our industry expert and no May, <laughs> and you've totally studied up for this interview, and this was super great. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much. It's been a blast. up thinking about Doug's childhood dream of being a garbage man. In a lot of ways, it makes perfect sense. Doug is an outdoorsy kind of guy. He likes to be physically active, and he's also good at helping his community, and handling all that trash makes perfect sense. And I also think he would think it would be super rad to jump off the back of a moving vehicle in front of houses. So hopefully you learned a little something from that episode. I know I did. I am excited to pick up some flowers for the bees and the birds and the butterflies to enjoy. And who doesn't like looking at gorgeous plants? To learn more about Red River and how you can become an earth stranger, check out our careers page at redriver.com careers. We are always looking for passionate people to join the team. And tune in next time to be inspired.